Hello and welcome. This is Ron Cohen, tax partner with the firm of Greenstein, Rogoff, Olson & Company. We're in beautiful downtown Fremont, California. I think I'm over my COVID and my long COVID. And so hopefully my, my mind and my mouth will work together a little better. I've had my cup of coffee and I want to talk about the IRS Criminal Investigations Division. A number of you have uh, been watching on TV where they go through. The IRS is getting $80 billion over 10 years. And uh, they're going to hire new employees. And one of the things that was pointed out, but hey, look at this want ad from the IRS. Let's go to the IRS website. Look at this want ad. And one of these want ads says, you should be able to handle a firearm, not be hesitant to use it if you need to. For IRS agents. Okay. I, I want to come out a little bit, more than a little bit, in defense of the Internal Revenue Service, what they call the Criminal Investigations Division, CID, the Criminal Investigation Division. So the IRS has its own police force with the CID because your local police and the FBI and other law enforcement agencies generally do not want to be involved in tax issues. Even the FBI will rarely get involved in tax issues. They're dealing with real criminals. Uh, and so you're, although people can be a tax criminal, but your police and the FBI are involved in very serious crime that is often violent. That's, that's, the, that's the difference. Uh, the CID people are generally accountants with guns and badges. And that's different. Your police, you know, you can be a total tax evader. And here, like in Fremont, California, the Fremont police are not coming to your door. That's a federal issue. They leave it to the federal government. And that's why the IRS has a CID division. In order to have the pleasure of talking to a CID person, you have to be in tremendous trouble. You have to ignore ignored at least five letters from the IRS. You have to have done something really, really wrong, and often for a number of years. I mean, they don't pick these cases up willy-nilly. These have bubbled up to the administration at the IRS and said, okay, we've tr tried everything we can do. Uh, now we give it to the guys with the guns and the badges. Note that not filing or paying your taxes does, does qualify as something very wrong for a large amount or... For if you've done it many times for a number of years, strictly without any question, not filing a return and not paying your taxes and not doing it timely is strictly a felony. It's not a misdemeanor and it's not a traffic ticket, but the vast majority of people, you won't get in trouble as long as you resolve it quickly. A number of court cases going to 1940s that say, well, yes, that was terrible, but look, you know, a few months later, they resolved it. And all's well. Okay, good. Always consider entering into an installment payment agreement with the IRS and, of course, the FTB if you're behind. I have to tell you that as a tax preparer licensed with the, CP with the IRS and being a CPA, I'm required to tell everybody who calls me, says, I'm behind in my taxes. What do I, what do, I do? Okay, here's the process to enter into an installment agreement. They may give you five or 10 years to pay the back taxes. But I have to tell you <laughs> that you should consider entering into installment grade. 
The IRS always wants to settle. They want to settle. They don't sit there in their office saying, I want to go and knock on somebody's door with my gun. I, they don't. I've known lots of IRS agents. Some of them have been wonderful people. Some of them have been terrible people. But even the most terrible IRS agent I've worked with does not want to come to your house with a gun, right? What they want is you to pay to settle and pay civil penalties. That's money penalties for either non-filing or non-payment. And they want to avoid the time and money and risk to themselves of sending out an armed officer. But if you ignore them long enough, they will knock on your front door. But by the time they've done that, they've already slapped liens on your property. They've garnished your bank account. And your employer probably got a letter saying, look, don't pay him, pay us. Uh, he's got back taxes. And uh, please note the California Franchise Tax Board is more aggressive than the Internal Revenue Service. It takes a good deal of time for even a very bad situation to percolate up to the Internal Revenue Service. California, boy, if they think they, they're owed something, you give them two or three months, they're on you. Uh, uh, so someone in a very bad situation could come to your door, they'll show your badge, they have to, uh, and uh, they often carry firearms. Uh, the, the reason for the firearms, not that you're going to give them a problem, but they literally walk into dens of drug dealers and saying, here, we're here to confiscate stuff. And of course, when you walk into a den of drug dealers in some obscure warehouse in some bad part of town, um, you carry a firearm. One sometimes CCID people on TV when the IRS is confiscating a taxpayer's property. It's like they're taking all the furniture out of the home. They already took the cars. They're going to sell them to pay the back liability. Again, before that happens, the IRS has begged and pleaded for cooperation, sent many letters, made some phone calls, uh, legitimate ones, not the fake ones a lot of people get who have done nothing wrong, sent out many warnings of an impending confiscation. Often the taxpayer has even agreed the taxes due, but just can't pay it. Money's gone. Gave it to their drug friends. Don't know. I don't know. Just making that up. And the taxpayer has no further appeals available. It's a nightmare, but some people cheat really bad. And meeting a CID agent on your front lawn clearly means the end is near. There is a thing called a jeopardy assessment that can come with no warning. And I say that's truly an exception. The general rule is you've been warned, you've been asked, you said, come on in, let's talk about it, letter after letter phone calls with your really trouble, but you knew the phone call was coming because you've already dealt with uh, the person at the IRS. A jeopardy assessment is different. Uh, with that, the IRS has gone to a judge and they've convinced the judge that if they don't grab you now, you'll be off to Venezuela with the money and you'll never be seen again. So a jeopardy investment in, uh, assessment is, boom, no warning right there. Uh, come on in, handcuffs, uh, um, where's the money, uh, give it to us right now and, um, serious stuff. Yes. Uh, there are abuses by the IRS. I won't go into what are they, what they've done to, uh, sometimes poor restaurants who had to deposit a lot of cash because why? Because they're being paid in cash. Long story on that, not here. Uh, but I must say in my 40 years, the only people I've seen involved with CID were truly people in, in dangerous trouble. Now, uh, one way the CID gets involved 
is like, I live in Fremont, California. So if you get arrested for drug dealing, I'm just defaulting to that. No particular reason, but it's an easy example. Here in Fremont, California, we have a small jail uh, down by the, the, the city park. <laughs> and they keep you in that holding pen, whatever. But, you know, you're in trouble, right? And let's, let's put aside whether you're guilty. I mean, you're guilty. Let's just assume you're guilty. They caught your red hand and you, 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 no, you're guilty. They got you on serious drug dealing. Well, they don't hold you here in Fremont for very long. They just process it. Uh, Fremont has, uh, and like most cities throughout the country, uh, small towns, excuse me, do not have the resources to house prisoners on a long-term basis. So they put you up in a car, they put you in a car, right? With the officers. That's actually a bus. I've seen them drive by because my office here is near city hall and near the uh, central park where their facility is. They put you in a, in a, in a, in a bus with all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, bars on all the windows. You can't get out. They drive you up to Oakland where they have a huge criminal justice facility. And they'll work you through the prosecutor. You'll meet with the DA or the junior DA, you know, work through the whole thing on, uh, uh, on, on dealing with the drug charge. But then the next person you meet is an internal revenue service officer, usually CID, usually has a badge. They all have badges, so that's not a big deal. Oh, even the lowest level IRS person has a badge. But this guy's got his sidearm, right? And he says, hmm, what's your name? Hmm, what's your address? Hmm, what's your social security number? And he puts it into his little computer setup there in the Oakland uh, jail. And he says, hmm, you haven't filed a tax return for six years. Hmm, uh, you were elect, uh, arrested on drug charges and they caught you at $5 million of, of uh, drugs or unprocessed material. And you are off to the races because he's got you. And uh, in addition to all the drug charges, the federal government will immediately assess um, uh, tax evasion charges, piggybacking off the drug charges, and uh, then the CID guys go and take all your cars and all your homes and everything based on what they do is they come up with the called a substitute return. Well, you didn't file, but now we're going to do a substitute return for you based on, and they do a pretty efficient job. They, they go, look, you have six houses and three Mercedes and two Lexuses. And in order to have bought that, you must have had income of X. They multiply up what those things cost and say, if you had the after-tax money to uh, buy these things, you must have had the pre-tax money and they do a substitute return and you can scream and yell and, and, and you get your chance to uh, uh, protest and to give your set of the facts. Of course, you have no facts because you're a drug dealer. You have no paperwork. You have no books. You were taught long, uh, uh, shortly into your life as a drug dealer. Keep no records so nothing can get pinned on you. And so the IRS goes by uh, everything that's in your name, grosses it up, and comes up with what your income should have been. And then just, boom, the computer just keeps, uh, you know, churning away. And uh, you'll be brought up on tax evasion charges and at some point uh, either have to pay or be driven into bankruptcy, of course. You're going to jail for drug charges, so you have bigger problems. Not to belabor the point, but CID will work in connection with the, the, the uh, district attorney where criminals are processed. CID also handles voluntary disclosures. So um, let, let me give you an example, right? Uh, you know, this happened all throughout the country during the Obama administration. They tightened up the rules, and all of a sudden, people who had secret Swiss bank accounts 
uh, uh, for years, thought nothing of it. It was just one of those things that people smile at each other and nothing happens. All of a sudden, they went through the, through the Swiss government to the Swiss banks and said, you must cough up information about U.S. citizens who have secret Swiss bank accounts so we can follow up with them about all their unreported income related to one, earning the income to put in the Swiss bank account, and two, the interest, dividends, capital gains, or everything else that were, was earned over many, many years uh, that was earned on those Swiss bank accounts because U.S. citizens and green card holders and uh, subs, uh, substantial um, presence test people who spend too much time in the U.S. are taxed on worldwide income under our system. So um, I have worked with a few CID people on voluntary disclosures where the person voluntarily came forth and said, I'm going to get, I'm about to get uh, notified that the Swiss bank told the Swiss government who told the Internal Revenue Service that I had this account in, uh, I'm just picking a city, Geneva for 20 years and it's all going to, you know, chunk, 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 chunk. It's going to go through the computer and I'm going to get a nasty letter. Uh, so let me voluntarily run to the IRS and tell them everything and file, you know, five or seven or 10 days, a whole procedure. I think it's currently like 10 years returns and cough up all the information and CID has a very intense formal procedure where, I mean, it's scary stuff to read. It says you've come forward with a voluntary disclosure. Now I'm going to say this very slowly. Okay. You're coming to us with a voluntary disclosure. In coming to us with a voluntary disclosure, you admit for all purposes of federal law that you are a tax criminal. Now it's written in a much more smooth way, but that's the intent. Uh, that's the, uh, the, the, the meaning of it. You are, by being allowed into this voluntary disclosure program, you are at the outset admitting that you have done some very, very bad things that put you in a class of criminal. And therefore, if you file all these back returns and they're in good order and you pay all the back taxes and you pay some civil penalties, some money penalties that we agree to, you will then be once again compliant and you will be forgiven from any prosecution, imprisonment, whatever else, because you were smart enough to come forward with a voluntary disclosure. If you have anything like that, call me immediately. <laughs> it's a whole thing to sort out, but CID works the voluntary disclosures. So I try never to be involved with any of those people. <laughs> I mean, the best answer is like, say the best audits, the one that never comes. And the best CID person is the one you never meet. You don't want to meet them. That means Something's gone very bad because they mean business and they're working intentionally on a path towards incarceration of the taxpayer, right? Or if you're in the voluntary disclosure process, you're trying to work your way through that. So you're off that path at, at their discretion. You have to follow a whole long set of rules. Maybe I'll do another um, podcast just about voluntary disclosures. Very interesting. Uh, situation. So if you're with me, uh, my, my point here is, listen, uh, we need CID people because people do very, very bad things. And uh, the your local police and the FBI sometimes will get involved in taxes. That's the FBI. Your local police, almost never, almost never. When there's, uh, when there's a, uh, a, in essence, a raid 
uh, to sell, confiscate property of a taxpayer, take all his furniture and his cars and sell them. Uh, they do the CID guys like they will, like in my case here in Fremont, they'll call the Fremont police and say, you know, we're about to conduct a raid on this address at this time. You might want to kind of, uh, secure the, the road traffic and so forth, but the police are not going to do the raid. They may try to control the, uh, again, the traffic and who's getting in and out because the raid's only going to take a couple hours. And, uh, uh, so there's that collaboration. But uh, your Fremont police will not be the instigator of a tax raid. They don't just, don't, that's not what local police do. Your happy CPA here is trained, as are all CPAs, that whenever a CID person gets involved, calls, shows up at your office, you're supposed to say, sorry, I have nothing to say without an attorney. And that's even if you know you're right, done nothing wrong on the issue, as the CID per person is trained to entrap the CEPA and the taxpayer for saying anything that's remotely false. Oh, he did this on this time. Oh, oh, we look in our records. You were wrong about that. He lied to us. That's, that's, uh, that's a problem, right? So we're trained when the CID shows up with a real problem and say, I, I, I got to call my attorney and we'll get back to you under the representation of an attorney. You're entitled to that under U.S. law. So, uh, if you're, uh, if you're just like you're dealing with a police officer, be very respectful and tell them you need to get an attorney involved if it is anything more than ca a casual matter. And with these folks, almost nothing is a casual matter. Just know that respectfully, they are, they have a tough job to do. Even if you are trying to have uh, just a casual conversation, know that they are trained to try to soften you up by being friendly first. If the conversation turns to anything but the weather or just some general issues, you know, why are you talking to a CID guy in the first place? But if you are talking to a CID person, if the conversation turns to anything other than the weather or just, again, some casual chit-chat, you can, at that moment in the conversation, lacking a jeopardy assessment, say, oh, I need to call my attorney. We'll call you back. If it's a Jeopardy assessment, they can do what they want because they have a court order and uh, they've protected your Fourth Amendment rights by getting that court order and they think you're on your way to Caracas and um, uh, they, they can do what they want. But uh, uh, not being a Jeopardy assessment, they have to stop talking and they have to leave politely, respectfully. But then you better call them back with your attorney soon. They'll give you, your, you their business card with all the necessary numbers. You better call them back because if you don't call them back with your due representation, they're going to come back and this time they're going to be angry because you have abused your Miranda rights. That is, you can't incriminate yourself. You're entitled to an attorney. That's the Miranda rules. Uh, and you put them off. You stalled them. So you can do that. You can stop. I need an attorney. You better get an attorney and you better call them back. Because the next visit is not going to be polite. So I've been at this 41 years and I've worked with CID twice. Both were voluntary disclosures and under the control of an attorney. See, I'm not running the case. The attorney's running the case. The, return, the attorney has a higher standard of attorney-client privilege. I'm working for the attorney, right? Much better scenario for your friendly CPA. 
both those cases worked out well, and uh, the clients were coming forward to voluntarily submit non-filed returns, which is a good thing to do. It's a very good thing to do. Uh, I was just helping with the paperwork involved. So my job is to try to keep you out of trouble and as far away from a CID person as possible. And for that matter, any IRS person, for that matter, if possible, although normal audits do sometimes randomly happen. Sometimes something just looked odd to them. You get audited. Sometimes your number just came up. You got audited. Your normal auditor is not a CID person. They are basically an investigator. Ask you 100 questions. Make sure your return is right. Keep in mind, 50% or more of audits turn out to be no change. No change. You filed fine. Thank you very much. Thank you for being a good citizen. You don't owe us anything. In fact, sometimes in audits, you actually get a refund check. Oh, we found some errors. The government owes you some money. 50% of the time, that happens. IRS hates it because they've wasted 30, 40 hours at least to come up with no additional money and in some cases, a refund. Now, certainly a lot of audits over people that have cheated significantly come up with big dollars due. But um, uh, these people you're working with in the audit function are not CID people and you just treat them respectfully, give them what they've asked for. There are some issues about what you have to give them and what you can hold back, but very care- be very careful in doing the right thing. Do the right thing. Note, I'm a CPA. I am not an attorney. My comments above are more for entertainment value than anything else. So don't take my advice on how to handle a CID agent. Don't take that advice from me. I am not qualified to handle any criminal tax matter. If you're involved in anything remotely criminal, you should instantly call a tax attorney. I've spent my career trying to keep me and my clients a thousand miles away from any criminal matter, but they're fun to talk about unless you're the one in the middle of it. Okay. That's, uh, that's what I have to say about CID. They have a job to do. Uh, sometimes they do carry guns and, um, just try to live your life in a way where you never have to talk about, about one. We have discussed why CID exists, why they have a valid job to do, because some people really, really, really cheat bad. And again, if you're you're trying to go into a den of drug dealers, uh, you can't go in there with some pieces of paper. Um, and, And that, I believe, is it for this week. So thank you for your attention. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. I'm at Greenstein Rolgoff Olson & Company, and we're happy to help. Bye-bye now.